You're now listening to the Co-op Podcast on thecoalition.com. How's it going, everyone? This is Gary A. Swaby, and you're now listening to the Co-op Podcast, episode 247. And uh, Mr. Richard Bailey is away today at you know an, an, an event in Las Vegas, and I'm sure he's going to let everyone know a bit more about that. You know, whenever he gets back and everything, he's going to have a lot of content. Um, and Dana is at Tribeca Film Festival, and Max is out doing Max things. He's being a superstar and everything like that. But I am here with Mr. Jake James Lugo. How are you doing, JJ? I'm doing good, Gary. This was a slow week. This was kind of a blase week, to be honest with you, even though we had games come out. Yeah, yeah, it was a very slow week. I think a lot of companies are kind of holding their cards for E3 at this point because we're under two months away from that. So, um, yeah, I think we're, we're probably it's probably going to be a slow month or so um, leading into E3. I agree, um, definitely. Yeah, but um, there are a few things to talk about, and uh, we will get to that. But first, we're going to get straight into what we've been playing this week. So I'm going to hand it over to you, uh, Mr. Jake James Lugo. Let us know what you've been up to and what you've been playing. So I've been doing a couple different things. I actually posted up some new reviews for Nintendo Switch games, indies to be exact, on the website now that you guys could check out. I posted up a review for Floor Kids, which I think is a really cool game as far as rhythm-based games go. Uh, if you love hip-hop music, if you have any sort of you know resonance or kind of background with uh, urban life or anything, like if you grew up in the city and stuff, that game will speak to you. Because uh, originally I used to live in New York. I used to be close to the Bronx. So there's an element of that. You know, that kind of resonates with a lot of the stuff that I saw in this game. It's a really fun uh, breakdancing slash rhythm game that I think a lot of people should check out when they get the chance. Uh, the other one that I also checked out was Breaks Are for Losers, which is uh, abbreviated BAFL. Uh, it's a racing game, very simple. Didn't really enjoy it that much, but again, the review is up on the website right now, as well as also the Adventure Pals, which is another indie game that kind of acts a little bit kind of a, an action platformer slash RPG that's really happy-go-lucky, but has a fun, twisted sense of humor. Uh, if you like Adventure Time or if you watch that show or anything similar to it, that game will speak to you as well. All interesting indie games that are on Nintendo Switch. We've been trying to post up more Switch game reviews on the website. So we got a couple there for you guys with more to come very, very soon. Uh, besides that, I also went back to playing some more Final Fantasy 15. I actually got a chance to finish episode Ignis. I think I talked about it last week, if I'm not mistaken, or at some point. Yeah, you I yeah, I finished episode Ignis and I went back and I did some of the extra stuff. Uh, great DLC, if I didn't already say it beforehand. Uh, I'm looking forward to some of the other extra content that we're going to get in the future for that game. Uh, I still think that game is epic in a lot of regards uh, as far as, you know, uh, role-playing games are concerned. But we'll leave that for a turn base someday that we'll talk about. Uh, in addition to that, a couple of things I want to mention real brief, you know, to kind of tease some stuff. Uh, later this week into next week, we got some big uh, unboxing and impressions videos that we're going to be posting up on the website, as well as also some other interesting interviews that I have coming down the pipeline. I got a, a game director, which I can't reveal yet, but for an upcoming game down the line later this year that I'm going to be talking with, uh, we're going to be talking about his game and, and a whole bunch of other interesting stuff related to it, as well as also a new TK Spotlight that I have in the works with uh, some cool people that I'm going to be chatting with. Uh, a lot of exciting stuff to get really kind of, you know, 
really look forward to. Awesome. That, that's that's a lot of stuff right there. But yeah, sounds like a good week though. Um, as for me, uh, not that much going on. Of course, I've been playing some Overwatch and um, they, they just added an elimination competitive mode, a 6v6 elimination mode. I saw that. I heard it was good. Yeah, it's good. Um, and it's people are saying they like it more because it's a lot more uh, balanced and it forces people to play like other heroes usually because the problem with normal competitive is that people one trick a lot and they just play one hero when sometimes the situation doesn't call for that hero to be played so um in this elimination mode like you know once you've won a round with a hero you have to use another hero so it kind of forces people to use other characters and get good with them so um people are saying they really love that um and besides that, I've been playing some Final Fantasy XII on PC still. Um, I'm really, really loving that game. I, I don't think I appreciated it enough the first time I played it, like 10, 11 years ago when it first came out or whenever it was. I think it was yeah, longer it was, than that. It was that, a long time actually. ago on PS2. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it was like 11, 12 years ago. But yeah, I'm appreciating it a lot more now. Um, and i don't know it, it might it might be coming it might be rising on my list of final fantasy games like my ranking you know it might be rising up a little bit interesting but, um i'm gonna have to figure out what my list actually is one day maybe we can do that on turn base sometime we, we could do a revised slash re-updated version of our top five final fantasy games or top five rpgs at one point yeah exactly yeah that would be a good turn based topic um but yeah loving that also um before i get to the main thing Monster Hunter, I played some Monster Hunter today with uh, my friend Ramiz Quadri, who has been on the show before. Um, and the thing is, like, we were both kind of starting the game at the same time. And I have some complaints here, because the game itself seems like it's a, it's fun. It seems like a lot of fun. I like the idea of just, you know, going out hunting monsters and the whole RPG aspect of it, collecting items, crafting, upgrading your equipment and everything. I love that aspect of it. Um, my problem is that, you know, this was kind of promoted as like an, a, a big online game and everything, but I, we found it so difficult to actually play the game together. Like we, we were playing for like two hours and I think we played together for a total of like 20 to 30 minutes or something. That's like the that. first I've ever heard that before of anybody that played this game. That's interesting. Yeah, like, because uh, I'm hoping that this is just because we're just starting the game and that, it, like, later on it gets easier to connect with people. Do, do you have, like, a hunter rank? Do you remember your hunter rank in there? Because I know, like, there's a lot of people that are higher ranked that you could get a match or a game going, like, super easy. Um, I'm not sure what my hunter rank is, but um, we were doing, like, we're basically doing, like, the first three missions or something. That's probably like, why. That's probably exactly why, because I speaking from personal experience, because after playing it for like so long and stuff, there's a lot more people now at this point on PSN that play that game and they're doing a lot of like the Elder Dragon quests and stuff. And like there's always people looking for like two or three people. Uh, so, I, so I guess it's just the case of we need to get much further before we can easily connect with each other and run missions and stuff. You know what's an easy way to deal with that that I, I found? Use the SOS. Like when you're on a hunt with like one or two people, if you put out the SOS, you can immediately have other people that will join your game. Like yeah, that, that's we, another that, way that's, of doing uh, that. That's how we actually connected. Like the one time we did get to connect in a mission, that's how we did it. Um, but then the next mission that we tried to do 
because it was an expedition, it wouldn't let us play together or something. Um, and, you know, we had to actually do that expedition to get further. And that took us a while as well because we had to find a camp or something. Um, so, yeah, it was just like frustrating. We were, we were in like a party chat, just talking to each other while we were playing solo, uh, which defeats the purpose a little bit. But um, hopefully next time we'll have a much more pleasurable experience and we'll actually be able to connect together and play uh, as we intended. But yeah, uh, the game has potential. I just hope that, you know, it, it, it gets a lot better. They got an update recently too. They got a whole new quest for people that are towards like the end game stuff, a new Elder Dragon to hunt. Yeah, I hear there's a lot of like events and stuff that get added as well. For free, which is cool. That's cool. Yeah, I'll definitely have to check out some of that stuff. I need to get my rank up a little bit. So, yeah. And of course, I've been playing the game that everyone's talking about at the moment. And that is God of War. Now, um, I will actually be reviewing this game at some point, but yeah, um, I'm sure everyone's further in the game than I am by now, but man, this game is incredible. Like from like every aspect of it is so polished. And, uh, what I really love about it is how the story is told. Like you're never taken away from the, the game, the, you know, that the actual game mechanics and stuff like everything takes place within the game and i like how subtle it is with regards to the storytelling it doesn't always tell you what's actually happening or um you know what what they're actually intending to do it just kind of unfolds and then you begin to understand more of it as you play um the connection between kratos and atreus is is done very well I like how he's being very stern on him, you know, to try and um, mold him and make him, you know, become um, uh, more of a man. You know, he's kind of trying to shape him into a man. But at the same time, he cares a lot for him and he wants to be able to show what he feels for his son. But like he has to kind of, you know, he, he's Kratos at the end of the day. He has to be stern. Um, there's one scene that I, 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 I thought was really well done where there's like a sunset and the sun is just kind of admiring it he's looking at it um paying attention to it and everything and kratos he wants to like you know touch him and um you know have like a, a an intimate moment with his son but he you know he stops himself and then he's like come on we have to keep moving you know like just little things like that just it really it really like shows the true characters um and I, I i just think the whole thing is really well done as for action um i know a lot of i know tony had issues with the, the default button layout but you know i think it would be very tough to go back to the default god of war con controls where you like the old school control. god of war 3 style type of stuff yeah where you have to use the face buttons for the attacks and stuff like i think that's going to be very difficult in this game because you have enemies coming at you from all sides and you know you have to be able to like adapt on the fly and it's easier to use the triggers i think for that especially with the way the uh targeting works and stuff like that um i like that you know the the main weapon is the axe um and i like that you know it's got the thor effect on it where you throw it and it comes back and everything but also 
you can't just spam the axe all the time like because there's different enemies that have to be taken out in different ways so sometimes you gotta you gotta brawl it out and use your fists for some enemies and um uh, i'm guessing there's going to be more weapons to use later on because i just got to a point where um i'm able to upgrade my equipment and stuff like that um and it looks like the axe isn't actually the only thing um so i'm looking forward to seeing what else kratos will be able to use now i got a question gary because this has been talked about a lot on social media especially twitter that i've been reading a lot of people are saying right now based on what they've played if they finished it or not that this is the game to beat for game of the year this thus far do you feel like at least from what you've seen even though you haven't finished it do you think it's like reaching that point do you feel like this is this is the game thus far that people should be playing in 2018 uh, well, when I think of games that have already come out, there's been Nino Kuni, uh, there's been Monster Hunter. Uh, what else has there been? Um, yeah, I think so far. As far this, as like game of the year contenders, there hasn't been a lot just yet. Yeah, so far it's definitely this game. So far, but we do have a lot more to come. Um, but thinking of what is to come. I think this is going to be a heavy contender throughout the, the entire year. You know, um, obviously we got Spider Man coming as well, and we got Red uh, Dead. That, that's another. One. Yeah, Spider Man and Red Dead. Um, those are probably going to be two contenders. So uh, yeah, but I, I think this is a strong candidate, um, definitely for sure. Uh, I think Santa Monica. You know, they've really matured. Like their style of of game making and how they presented this is really matured. Like they've they've definitely progressed as a company you know in terms of their development and everything so i want to hand it to them you know this is an incredible game it's one of those reviews games that... high. the reviews have been like ridiculously high like especially on metacritic i think it's got a 94 right now average yeah yeah straight tens across the board so yeah definitely is it, this is going to be one of the games that's talked about at the end of the year for sure without a doubt uh, when do you plan on picking it up, by the way? I'm hoping to pick play it very soon because the more I see f- about it, the more I hear people talk about it, the more I want to play it. And from the little bits that I have seen of it, the game looks just as epic as the older God of War games. And I'm really curious about it. And again, hearing you talk about it, hearing other people talk about it as well, it's like, okay, I, I think I need to find some time to really play this game. Yeah, man. And it's one of those games that's hard to put down as well. Like you, you just continuously progressing and it's like one thing after another. And it's like, it's hard to get to a point where you're exhausted and you're like, okay, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to turn it off now. It's hard to actually get to that point because it just keeps going, keeps going and it keeps you locked in. So it's, it's one of those games. Um, I'm not sure how long the story is meant to be. Uh, I can't remember. I think Tony mentioned, but I can't remember the number he gave, but. Yeah, uh, definitely a great game. I recommend everybody with a PS4 go out and get this game. Um, it's, it's incredible. It's definitely it's one of those genre, uh, generation-defining games. So, really? Okay, interesting. Yeah, man. So definitely get that, everyone. Definitely deserves the praise that it's been getting. But yeah, that was my week of gaming. So... We're going to get straight into the topics. And like I said, there's not too much to really talk about. Um, the first thing we're going to discuss, I'm going to um, hand over to Mr. Jake James Lugo to tell us more about. But basically, there was some new content for Star Wars Battlefront 2. So, uh, JJ, let us know all about that and your thoughts on it. 
Yeah. Now, I think I talked about this a little bit on the previous podcast or the one right before or right before PAX East that I was on because I, I know I had skipped one uh, one episode because of PAX East. But basically, uh, Star Wars Battlefront 2, in my opinion, is kind of dead. It, it's kind of dead and it's over for that game because of a couple different reasons. Number one, I think the perception of the game has really been irreplicably uh, damaged for a number of different reasons, specifically the the microtransaction stuff and the whole way that it was presented and the kind of almost predatory uh, way that the game's progression system was. However, there's still new content coming out for Battlefront 2, including the new one that came out. I believe it's on Tuesday if it's out already. Uh, it's the Ewok Hunt. That's basically a take on like a survival type of mode where you're playing as stormtroopers and you have the Ewoks that are coming after you on Endor. And whenever a stormtrooper is killed in the game, that player, again, if it's controlled by a player, gets turned into an Ewok and can hunt the other stormtroopers with the rest of the Ewoks. Now, in premise, this sounds pretty cool. However, it's a limited time event. And I think that's what kills the momentum of it. And that's what, for me personally, uh, gives me almost no reason to go back to this game. And I've said it a couple times where I felt like this game uh, is really just been, you know, the momentum's almost been a sudden stop. There's, there's almost no reason to go back to Star Wars Battlefront 2. Even with the last Jedi content that was included in it, as well as also we're supposed to be getting some Clone Wars related content with some updates, including Obi-Wan Kenobi and General Grievous as extra heroes. And I'm guessing that's going to be Clone Wars uh, era Obi-Wan Kenobi, not the New Hope era. And that kind of sucks, to be totally honest with you. Uh, as a Star Wars fan and as someone that's followed this game and has reviewed it on the website and has checked out a lot of the content that's been released for it, you know, ever since it was first announced, uh, it's a damn shame because it's been such a fall from grace for Battlefront 2 with the way that everything played out. So that's really the, pretty much the content that's come out. And I'm pretty sure we're going to get more uh, as the months go on, especially, you know, as more Star Wars related stuff comes out. Because remember, we got Solo, a Star Wars story coming out in May. Uh, I would be pretty sure that they're probably going to do some type of stuff for that, uh, you know, to celebrate that. However, I'm just not down with it right now. Uh, I got to the point where I even told Gary before we recorded this show uh, that I deleted it off my console because there's no reason for me to play it right now. There's no it's not fun. The progression uh, doesn't feel like as really much has changed. There's still such a disparage between the players that have been playing for a while or spent money prior to the updates that they're ridiculously overpowered, as well as also there's such a steep hill to climb just to get a little bit ahead that it's just not fun anymore yeah it, it sounds like they really dropped the ball with this game and um what i was gonna ask you was because this like star wars battlefront it's been like you know a big brand when it comes to, when you think of star wars and video games you know there were uh battlefront was a, a a big brand back in the day like people loved that game and they did an okay job you know ea did an okay job when they brought out battlefront the first battlefront um and but they really dropped the ball with this battlefront too so i wanted to ask you do you think that they could ever redeem themselves with a battlefront free you know say in two years time or whatever like could they I, bring it I back i think Honestly, if it was a different team, if maybe if it wasn't done by EA or if we had other games that really kind of, you know, scratch that itch for a Star Wars game. But I feel like Battlefront 2, the name has just been so irreparably messed up at this point with everything that's been reported and the way that EA went about uh, putting out this game. It just is not that great right now. It's just it really sucks. I feel like and I think I said this on the previous episode when we talked a little bit about it, that right now, the best thing for EA or just for Disney slash the Star Wars brand to do is to go to a different style 
style of game. And I said X-Wing slash TIE Fighter, like the Rogue Squadron series. I feel like we haven't gotten a flight game based in the Star Wars universe in quite some time, ever since uh, Jedi Starfighter or the Rogue Squadron series, I think was on GameCube at one point. And even, you know, granted, we have the flying stuff in Battlefront and Battlefront 2, but I feel like that's the type of style of game that we need to get away from the whole uh, ground combat and all the stuff that Battlefront 2 is known for. Or go to something like Knights of the Old Republic. Again, since EA has the license to use for Star Wars games, why not go back to Bioware and ask to see if maybe they can make that happen? There's got to be a reason to. And I don't think that the people at EA or any of the people that have worked on the Star Wars games are that stupid that they don't know that the public wants a new Knights of the Old Republic game. I'm not talking about the Old Republic. I mean Knights of the Old Republic 3. Or something similar, something different. I mean, granted, a lot of us felt we were going to get that with the Amy Henning Star Wars game, but that apparently was a complete disaster. And it sucks because this is such a massive IP. This is such a franchise that people love, that people would be really down for and buy and be get 100% behind some of these games. But with the way that things have been going as of late, it, it's just a shame to see. So yeah. I say go to another developer or go to another uh, style of game to get away from it. And then maybe in two, three, maybe five years time, then come back to the Battlefront franchise. Yeah, I, I honestly think uh, Disney should just give the, the IP to another publisher. That's the rumor. That the rumor is that they're shopping around for another developer, another group to take over to make Star Wars games. But again, that's a rumor and that's speculation. Yeah, yeah, I, I hope it's uh, it comes to fruition because um ea they're, they're just not giving us what we want and they know that there's a large audience for kotor or you know the the x-wing um type of game that you talked about um but they're just not doing it they're choosing to focus on the shooter stuff and um that's pretty frustrating so the crazy thing is to me that that seems like such a layout, especially with the new trilogy stuff. Like, again, uh, The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi. Why not make a flight game based on the new characters like Poe Dameron and The Resistance? It feels like, again, that, that game feels like it should make itself. But there's probably other things that we just don't know. We don't know the details of like how the deal is as far as the IP and what the rights are for EA and other companies. There's a lot of unknowns there. Hopefully, at some point, we get some clarity because I know that we've seen some different stories reported on both on Kotaku and a lot of other websites about the whole situation surrounding uh, Battlefront 2, especially with the legal stuff that's been happening in a few countries and I think also in a couple other states here in the U.S. But again, I, I say get away from Battlefront for at least a good couple of years. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much all we had on that topic. Um, and yeah like we're pretty much you know getting into the the big news stories um you know this month i'm gonna kind of break it down into different segments but yeah uh pretty much call of duty and battlefront are you know the the, the main juices that you know came out this this week um in gaming so first of all um we're going to talk about call of duty black ops 4 and the fact that it will not have a single player mode this year because you know due to time restraints that's a damn shame straight know, up not being able to put it in there so i like obviously whenever you get a call of duty game it's a big deal that you know you get your single player and you get the multiplayer there's some people who just want the multiplayer and that's fine but there are a, there's a, a large group of people who do want that single player so JJ, what's your thoughts on them not including a single-player mode this year? 
the Call I of Duty. mean, it's a damn shame. Like I said, uh, I actually like the single player campaigns for Call of Duty. I even I reviewed Infinite Warfare, and I said that the single player content was the best part of that game. And I really believe that because it was just different. It was interesting. And I felt like Call of Duty was going in a more wacky direction as far as like being more fantastical instead of just limiting itself to modern warfare where, you know, things are grounded in reality. Because granted, you know, the series has always been grounded in reality and to some extent, Grant, you know, besides the fictional storytelling and stuff. But going out into space, you know, talking about much more futuristic stuff and really having fun with the concept of Call of Duty rather than just like the visuals of Call of Duty. I felt like that was where we were going to go next. Granted, we had, you know, uh, Black Ops 4 or at least the Black Ops like name here and there before or after uh, what is it, Infinite Warfare? But there, here's there's two sides to this. Number one, it's not surprising that Activision would make a move like this because the majority of people that play Call of Duty do not play it for the single player. That's been a known fact for many years. Uh, they have ridiculous numbers and, and sales because of that multiplayer. So it makes sense just to offer that multiplayer, which is the reason why people are going to buy this game, or at least the majority of people are going to buy this game. Uh, even though it's going to be kind of be a downer for people like me and others out there that love playing through the single player content before diving into multiplayer, but it's a business move and I understand that. But what really sucks here though is that also, which is probably the thing we're going to get into next, is so is how they're going to handle the multiplayer, which I'm pretty sure you'll detail in just a second, but like it's a shame for me that we're going to be missing out on that stuff, which is what we've traditionally had for the Call of Duty series for many, many years. Yeah. Um, and one of the reasons um, I I believe that um, they're not having it is because they're also coming out with a Modern Warfare 2 remastered because uh, they're also working on that. So do you think that it's because they're trying to work on these two things at the same time where they've cut back on no nah, no to be honest with you i i think that's bollocks <laughs> just to kind of use that word a random word but uh i i don't think that's the case at all because uh, what they're doing with modern warfare 2 remaster is exactly what they did with modern warfare remasters that they're polishing up a lot of the visuals i get that and maybe adding in some quality of life stuff which is what we got with modern warfare remastered but I mean, there was even a crazy rumor at some point that the Modern Warfare 2 Remaster wasn't going to have the single-player content, which I th- always thought was false, and that seems to be the case. But with this one, I don't think it's that they're losing out resources for having both releases coming up. I think that they'll probably release them together and do the exact same thing that everybody hated with Modern Warfare Remaster, where you have to buy the new game in order to get the old game for a certain period of time, and then release it on its own standalone uh, later. But... I just think that it's more of a business move because maybe they were looking at numbers and they saw that either the majority of people didn't really play the single player content, you know, over extended amounts of releases uh, for Call of Duty, or maybe with the last couple that came out that they saw the, the amount of sales and the way that people talked about it on social media and the conversation around Call of Duty was always constantly about the multiplayer. And that's what, oh, like, okay, maybe we could save some dollars here and there and resources to do that. But I don't think that the remaster took it away from anything from the new game. Yeah. Um, plus, I think it's been made by a different developer together anyway. But interestingly uh modern warfare 2 is not going to come with the multiplayer and that's shocking because that's shocking to me because straight up because modern warfare remastered came with the multiplayer and it was a big hit for people yeah Uh, now i know that a lot of people preferred the original modern warfare multiplayer because it was more balanced and everything but i have to say that most of my call of duty memories like my fun memories of playing with people came from modern warfare 2 and probably black ops 1 as well um 
so yeah i mean that's i probably wasn't going to get the remaster anyway but yeah i think that's going to be a big deal to some people because um, we'll know eventually because again we're, we're probably going to get another reveal event kind of like what activision always does they'll have a live stream or something like that. we'll get real answers and details rather than speculation yeah yeah so um getting into you know more of this um and bring in battlefield as well so both call of duty and battlefield because you know both these news stories came out this week they are both said to have you know a battle royale mode so in the case of call of duty it's going to have battle royale alongside the the regular multiplayer modes and everything like that and battlefield is also going to have its own uh battle royale uh mode so this is you know this to me it's very um weird to see you know uh, games this big being that desperate and implementing the mode just because it's so popular right now um i feel like these two games don't need to do this but i guess they want to try something new and they know that there's probably going to be an audience for it um so what's your thoughts on those two games implementing the battle royale mode from you know fortnite pubg honestly i think it's expected it's not as shocking to me that uh that they're doing this because i i always felt that it was a matter of time because especially after fortnite was doing that because again that's a formula right now or style of game that seems to be resonating with a lot of people for for one reason or another and again i always felt like it was a matter of time that other publishers at some point started doing this and i think there was maybe some ubisoft games at one point i remember reading that were going to do something similar you know in one of their other franchises i'm not sure exactly so don't quote me on that but yeah the division exactly so uh, it, it's just like again it was only a matter of time and i think that not only the guys of PUBG are probably going to be even more mad because i know that they were a little upset when fortnite did it which was really stupid and silly but they're probably going to be really pissed off now that uh what is it call of duty battlefield and others are going to do something similar because that's a proven formula that works and obviously competition and other companies are going to use what works because that's what people want the consumer wants right now at this point in time i don't think it's going to change call of duty or it's going to change battlefields it's just going to be extra stuff on there that's going to give you people more reason to stick with those franchises if they haven't already stuck with them i mean you know is that does that necessarily mean it's going to take away from the player base of fortnite or PUBG? no obviously not because those games have a hardcore fan base as of right now those are the games that kind of started that genre or style of game at the current moment but you're going to hear more about this i'm pretty sure at e3 that there's probably going to be talked about in trailers whenever they finally reveal those uh games you know in their entirety yeah um like my thing is i think you know, it, I I like the battle royale stuff. You know, because I, I, I enjoyed PUBG when I played it. Um, I haven't got to Fortnite yet, but I'm sure you know someone's gonna pull me in at some point. But um, like my thing is, there's like so many games trying to do that now. Like you had the Radical Heights, you know, the the Cliffy B Studio they put out theirs last week. The Darwin game is coming out as well. Um, I, I feel like gamers are going to get battle royale burnout before these games even come out because these you think it's going to get fast though do you think that's really going to be that fast at the current moment because i feel like after these then maybe afterwards with other companies because keep in mind uh radical heights is doing that technically right now or or at least they're going to be doing that at some point soon so that's another game that's having that type of style yep that that game is already out as well um, oh, so yeah, there you go. And and the Darwin game is coming out fairly soon. And also, there's rumors that Red Dead is going to have Battle Royale. 
So it's like... Well, Red Dead, Red Dead seems a little bit more random to me, but then again, I can understand that too because of Grand Theft Auto Online. And Grand Theft Auto Online, I feel like they have a lot of room to kind of do that type of stuff, especially, you know, taking place in those large cities or large environments. So to me, that makes more sense, more so than maybe Call of Duty and Battlefield to an extent. But even so, I can still see your point, though. Maybe after those releases come out, then you'll see people start to complain about burnout with that. Yeah. Yeah, but I will say one thing, though, um, in terms of presentation, because we've we've come accustomed to, you know, seeing a, a certain standard from Call of Duty and Battlefield games like these are highly polished games. They usually look very good. Um, they run very well most of the time. I mean, sometimes there's problems with netcode and uh, there was some issues with Battlefield 4 when it first came out. But you know, in terms of presentation and style and everything, these games are usually spot on. So I will say that these could be some of the best looking Battle Royale games on the market when they release because, um, you know, um, PUBG is, you know, people complain about its art style and everything and the glitches. I could agree with everything. that, definitely. And yeah, and Fortnite has its own distinct style, so it works for what it is and everything. But the casual market are probably going to want the nice, fancy, realistic graphics. So they have that advantage, you know, uh, with Call of Duty and Battlefield. Um, and one more thing as well. There was actually, uh, and this is this isn't confirmed by the way, but um, apparently. Call of Duty, the Battle Royale mode will be on the Nintendo Switch and um, I wanted to ask you because I don't th- it, I don't think there's any Battle Royale experience on there currently, so do you think this is a, a good way to um, expose the Switch audience to Battle Royale? If it's if it's true, yeah, I think that's good and, and I believe you're right, there's no game right now on the Switch's library that offers that style of game, so this would be a good idea for Activision to have that, you know, to have their game that does that same style on all platforms. I mean, obviously, I don't think they're going to be on mobile, like on iOS devices and stuff, like what PUBG is at the current moment, but being on all the major platforms, PS4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch, I think that'll work good for them. And, and I also agree with you at the same uh, time that it'll be the most realistic looking style for that type of game. So, I mean, again, it works a lot in uh, Activision's favor. Yeah. Yeah, um, I'm really interested in seeing how they're going to balance things and everything. And, um, you know, in terms of weapons, how all that stuff's going to work. Um, hopefully, like you mentioned, the launch event is happening soon. So I hope we get more details when that goes down i think that's in may right i think that's happening next month or sometime i'm not sure to be honest with you i know that eventually we're going to get very similar because activision always does this with their games like they did it for destiny they did it also with the previous call of duty as well so i, I wouldn't be surprised okay yeah the the reveal event is may 17th uh thanks Morham. Uh, okay yeah. there you go yeah um so the the main question i had you know in the title for the show today um is you know thinking back to call of duty and battlefield and how important they were last generation like they they really um they really were the pinnacle of the ps3 and the xbox 360 era like those those ips really shined throughout that generation and they're they're still flourishing now you know they're still doing pretty well now even but you know my question was are they starting to run out of ideas a little bit because i mean 
in terms of storytelling and um you know the wars they can go to is it's pretty much all been done you know all the concepts all the you know the, the actual wars that they kind of focus on it's all been done so do you think they're getting to a point where um they're getting stale and they're actually running out of ideas for these games honestly i think that's just inherent of the genre that they're part of i think like i said earlier and i think i've said it a couple times throughout the years that really call of duty the only real direction they could go to since modern warfare or realistic warfare has been done to death is to go fantastical is to go more fantasy route or to go futuristic kind of like what they did with infinite warfare and i think that worked to its benefit in some regards and others not so much you know depending on who you ask uh, i could say that for both call of duty and battlefield uh battlefields went to more battle field one so they went to world war one so they kind of went backwards which call of duty has done plenty of times with like world war ii or even you know the korean war and other wars outside of like you know traditional stuff that we've known so it does feel fresh uh whenever it happens like in that moment but i say that now at this point they have to go more fantasy and you know really kind of take the idea and the themes of call of duty and apply them so that way it could still feel like the same type of franchise rather than revisiting and re uh organizing and re uh was it reevaluating the same stuff that they've done throughout the years because granted and it's been proven with numbers and, and releases throughout the years that even though a lot of us in the industry and in the know, we complain about Call of Duty getting stale and same thing with Battlefield to an extent and other franchises too, but clearly consumers don't really care as much or even people that aren't so vocal on Twitter because they're still buying. They're still, you know, applying their time, you know, their game time on their consoles to play these franchises, even though we feel like they're not really doing much to be different or to really be special anymore. However, I feel like maybe at some point, maybe after all this uh, PUBG style type of things you know are implemented into this this year's release or these upcoming releases for these franchises maybe afterwards they do exactly like what i said go more go more fantasy but who knows we'll find out probably soon enough yeah interesting that you said fantasy i kind of I, I like that um they, now, they let should... me make it clear though because i don't mean fantasy like skyrim i'm not saying like you know it becomes like a middle earth style call of duty even though that <laughs> does sound a little crazy and maybe somebody at activision you're welcome for that idea however I still feel like when I say fantasy, I mean go more unrealistic, go more futuristic. Because remember, we had space battles, we had uh, laser guns, we had other stuff in Infinite Warfare. Why can't that same type of approach and, and process be applied to other fantastical elements of what warfare could actually be for both Call of Duty and Battlefields, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I can see that. Um, damn, what was I going to ask? I was going to say something. Um about Call of Duty, about battlefields, about fantasy warfare, about staleness. Yeah, there was something I was going to say, but now I forgot. Uh, All I'm saying is, though, I don't think I don't think people are going to get burnt out right away, though. In my in my personal opinion, I think like kind of like what you were saying, maybe after these games implement this, then anything that comes out after that, like what if Ubisoft releases, you know, stuff after the division that does something similar, then I feel like people will get burnt out. Oh, okay, yeah, now I remember, uh, you know, what. So my question was going to be, like, do you think that we'll ever get to a point where, I mean, Battlefield already releases, you know, like every two years or every, you know, few years or so. But do you think we'll get to a point where Activision will slow things down for Call of Duty and start coming out, you know, every other year, like two-year cycle kind of thing, just so no. that they can honestly invent the game? 
The simple answer is no, because they have multiple studios working on multiple Call of Duty games. So that's what, you know, a studio, one studio will take like two or three years to do their game, but they still have other studios to release within the subsequent year. I think that's done on purpose because that has shown to be profitable for Activision. Granted, you know, again, we complain about a number of different things and we criticize them for a number of different things, but clearly that seems to be working. Clearly there are still people, many people, a lot of people on all platforms that are still buying. So I, I don't see them slowing that down at any time soon. It's like to almost come out and saying, like, are they going to really stop doing the, the Skylander stuff? Granted, we're going to get the Spyro remake sometime soon. But I don't think they're going to stop that anytime soon because people still buy them. You could still go to the store and find the Skylanders for like 20 plus dollars a figure like that. So if it's profitable, why would they change it? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I can see why they wouldn't business wise because, you know, it's like guaranteed money for them every year. But I, I do think it's necessary. Big money. Let's, let's make it Claro. Big money for them every year. Yeah, big money, definitely. Like I'm sure that makes up a large part of their, you know, financial intake for the year. But uh, I do think it's necessary to just kind of take a, a little step back, kind of like what Assassin's Creed did, just to kind of reevaluate and um, come up with some, you know, reinvent the game and the experience and stuff. Um, but yeah they're not going to do that because business wise it, it won't make sense for them because they want that money but yeah I think they are really in danger of running stale and I, I'm really interested to see how this game is going to perform you know without the, the single player mode so um, that's something like, to like I said, it's a damn shame I, I, I love uh, playing through them even though they might not be the best I still think that they're enjoyable and they're highly produced very well like there's, there's a lot of good production value that goes into them especially polish and shine and a lot of different things for all the complaints that we give and a lot of other people give on social media you have to admit those uh, campaigns are still well produced yeah indeed they they were definitely like they were like movies man like they were really well done straight up but yeah, uh, that's the main topic for today. Definitely a short show. Uh, was there anything else you wanted to address specifically for we? Uh, not much, but I'll reiterate a couple things, and this could be kind of part of my shout outs and stuff and, and everything else. But basically, like I mentioned earlier in the show, we have a lot of great content coming down the pipeline. Obviously, we're about a month and change out from E3. A little bit more so we're going to be at e3 which is going to be dope because we're going to be out there covering everything that goes down with the show the conferences and all the crazy stuff that's happening so obviously look forward to that stuff in june but as far as like more recent like you know coming very very soon down the pipeline we got again new interviews new tk spotlight stuff that i have planned uh again game director stuff for upcoming new releases uh some new guests that we're going to be chatting it up with uh new unboxing and impression stuff that we have hopefully happening this week or next week that you guys can look forward to both on the website and the youtube channel and another thing gary that i think we should tell everybody we're getting close to 3k subscribers on our youtube channel and we've yeah. been working our butts off not just me but you uh, rich and everybody else on the website has been posting up a lot of content so we highly encourage you guys if you're listening to this on youtube or listening to this afterwards on the website you know check out our youtube channel spread word about it share it around tell people to subscribe if you can because we want to be able to get more subs so we can do more crazy stuff we want to be able to do more amazing stuff and bring more great content for you guys not too long ago when i was at pax we got a big shout out from one of my guests that i had on tk spotlight which we all really appreciate it big shout outs to rich from Vue Tech USA for showing us some love 
But, uh, you know, even though we get little things like that, we're still out here, you know, still trying to show the world what we're doing. So hopefully you guys, you know, that are our big fans, that are our big supporters, we thank you. Hopefully you guys could show us a little bit more love and tell other people to check us out because we're trying to be out here and bring you guys the best gaming content that we can out here. Yeah, indeed. Um, and yeah, just to just to end it off before I get to shout outs and everything from our Patreon supporters and stuff. Um, I do want to let you guys know that once, you know, me and Richard get more into God of War and um, perhaps even beat the game, we are going to be doing a God of War discussion specifically. Uh, it's going to come out on Patreon first and then, you know, it will come out on the YouTube afterwards as well. Um, but, but definitely look out for that sometime, you know, within the next week or so. Um, also, we're, we're going to be trying to put out a lot more content in May on the Patreon so there's going to be a lot of like exclusive stuff that we're, we're trying to do for the for the Patreon in May um, on the lead up to E3 and everything. Um, and, you know, we are planning our E3 trip trip very thoroughly at the moment and everything. So we're f- very focused on that because of that. There, there's not going to be a giveaway in May, but we are going to be giving a lot of extra content in May, you know, to make up for that. Um, and yeah. Uh, definitely let us know if there's anything in particular you want to see you know our patreon people there's we we put a post there so you guys can suggest what things that you want us to talk about Uh, we do have some content planned that we do want to put out there but you're free to also let us know uh, things that you want us to discuss both on the co-op podcast on turn-based or you know just as a, a standalone discussion um, you know, we're going to definitely try and amp up on that within the next month or so. And let's get straight into the Patreon shout outs. So big shouts to M. Collins, Sean Gorety, Stephen Ferron, Mauricio Aguilar, Himdil, Fergus Mills, Miguel. And our new Patreon is Antonio Rogers. So thank you for subscribing. Um, definitely. I hope you enjoy all the new content that, you know, we're going to be putting out and everything and we thank you for all of your support uh, it goes a long way definitely helps for our e3 trips and everything like that um and big shouts to everyone who joined us in the chat today Morham, ruthless kid you know saw them in there um and thanks for you know um interacting with us throughout the show and everything uh we'll, hopefully we'll have the full cast back next week of course richard is away Dana's away and Max is, you know, working hard and everything. Everybody's so. busy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So look out for, you know, full cast next week, hopefully. But that's it for us today. So thank you for tuning in and peace out, everyone. Enjoy Later, your Sunday. people. Take it easy.